Hey, welcome to the official podcast of St. Luke Amy Church located in Garland, Texas. I am Pastor Amos St. John. And I am Pastor Jasmine St. John. We are the lead pastors of St. Luke Garland. And we're so excited that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Listen, we pray that the message you are about to hear will bless you right where you are. If you want to know any more information about our church, you can visit us at stlukegarland.org. Now, get ready for the word. Happy Pentecost Sunday, church family. I'm so excited to be before you again to bring the word of the Lord. Let's lift up this prayer before we begin. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. God, we thank you for the moment and time where we can pause to thank you for the gift that you gave us through the Holy Spirit. Now, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit come and rest upon me in this moment. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as the word goes forth, God, it touches someone's heart. So God, I pray right now as we open up our ears and open up our hearts to what it is that you have to say to us this morning, God, that we're in a ready position to receive the word of the Lord this morning. I pray that you bless it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Won't you grab your Bibles or your electronic device and turn with me to the book of Acts, the second chapter. And I'll be reading uh, for you in your hearing verses 1 through 13 as we go forward in the word it'll be provided for you also on the screen acts 2 1 through 13 says this when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under the heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. And our theme and thought of meditation this morning is don't forget your power. Don't forget your power. For those who may not know the Bible is canonized or organized in such a way 
that may not be at times chronological, but rather topical for emphasis. For example, the Bible is divided into two Testaments, the old and the new. It can also be described as being divided into three parts, the Torah, the prophets and the writings. The New Testament opens with the Gospels and it's not organized in the order in which they were written, but by emphasis or by what they mention. For example, the Bible begins with Genesis and details two creation stories and they all talk about the beginning of times. And so it was placed at the beginning of the Bible, whereas the book of Revelations comes at the end of the Bible as it talks about the end times or future revelations that have yet to occur. The New Testament opens with the Gospels, which begins with the fulfillment of the coming of Christ. The Gospel of Matthew is the first book of the Synoptic Gospels. It comes first because it talks about the genealogy of Jesus. That's the people that came before Jesus so that they could prove he was the Messiah through the bloodline. The Gospel of Mark being the shortest comes next and where it was written in a time of war, he was rushing through the documentation of the narratives in order to prove to those who were dying that Jesus was the Messiah. And though the Gospel of John follows the book of Luke, uh, scholars believe that the book of Acts should have followed the book of Luke, that they should have remained together as they are almost like part one and part two of the same story written by the same author. When you read the stories of Luke Acts together, we get the full picture of the ministry of Jesus Christ, that the ministry of Jesus was not just that he came, he died and was resurrected because we fully celebrate the risen savior, but the complete ministry in the works of God is that God sent his son. He came, he died. He was resurrected. He ascended into heaven. The Holy spirit came and he is coming back again. Yes, that is the complete work of God. Let me say that again. God sent his son. He came, he died. He was resurrected. He ascended into heaven. The Holy spirit came and Jesus will come back once again. At the end of Luke, Jesus has now been crucified. He died. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He resurrected just as he said he would and revealed himself to a number of persons as well as his disciples so that they would indeed believe he was the Messiah. As Luke concludes, we find Luke's account of Jesus's appearing before the disciples having risen and is now standing before them as recorded in Luke 24, beginning at verse 46, it says, and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all of these things. And now I will send the Holy spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city. Uh huh. He's talking about Jerusalem as it is prophesied until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. 
It was the promise of what was to come. Jesus was leaving them. He was physically no longer going to be on earth with them, but he was going to send the comforter just as his father had promised the Holy Spirit. And it was going to fill them with power from heaven. 50 days after the resurrection on this day of Pentecost, we celebrate the promise that has been fulfilled. Luke records in the book of Acts, transcribing the moment in which the Holy Spirit had come. He begins the book of Acts summarizing where he left off in the gospel of Luke. He reminds us of the promise that was made 50 days prior for in Acts 1, 8, 9, it says that Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up in a cloud Well, they were watching and they could no longer see him. So here we find the disciples waiting and praying in Jerusalem. Luke tells us that they had gathered in the upstairs room of a house in Jerusalem where during that time they were going to cast votes to see who was going to replace Judas. Luke tells us. That now by this time, it's not just the disciples that have gathered in this upper room of the house, but there are 120 believers that have gathered on this day. 120 of them have gathered to pray and wait. We all know that numbers that are recorded in the Bible are not there by happenstance. They're not arbitrary, but they have meaning when they are recorded. 120 is significant in the Jewish law. It takes 120 men to establish a valid Jewish synagogue by their law. It brought significance to the gathering. It validated that they were able to conduct the business of the body of believers as they were now electing the next apostle. They had established a valid body of believers in the eyes of God as they knew it. They were waiting and praying and it was there in in the upper room of this house that the Holy Spirit entered and dwelt among them. These 120 believers, along with the mother of Jesus and several other women and the brothers of Jesus had gathered and were on one accord. The Bible says that suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like a roaring mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire had settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy spirit and begins and began speaking in other languages as the Holy spirit gave them this ability. And though this text has been divisive as over the years, this moment that is recorded by Luke over time has only been reduced uh, that the act of the Holy Spirit is the ability to speak in tongues. But the text says on this day that on the day of Pentecost, that 120 believers had gathered from nations near and far and by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were able to communicate with each other in their native languages and in languages that they have never been able to speak or hear before. So then what does it mean? 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know when the Holy Spirit is at work? Well, first, the Holy Spirit is communal in nature. The Holy Spirit did not first reveal itself to one individual at a time. It came down from heaven. It comforted. It came down and amplified, not to amplify the individual gifts of persons that were here on earth, But it wasn't until the 120 had gathered in community that it had shown itself to come down from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. It comes to connect and it comes to commit us as a community. That's why the Bible says when two or three gathered, he is in the midst. The Holy Spirit comes to commit and connect you to a covenant body of faith. That is the power the Holy Spirit. How how do you know that the Holy Spirit is at work? Because by the Holy Spirit's power, we will be able to speak peace in the midst of uprising. We will be able to speak forgiveness in the midst of anger and desire for revenge. We will be able to speak unity in the midst of discord. How, How do you know that the Holy Spirit is at work? Because you'll be able to declare That though they slay me, yet will I trust him. How how do you know that the Holy Spirit is at work? Because in the midst of transition, ah, the Holy Spirit will stay, stay, stay still and don't move. Keep pressing and reveal to you how to not break out of the norm and, and see things to the end when others may flee. Text says that the Holy Spirit came, that they could hear all from those who had gathered in their own language. Ah, the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed and asked themselves, well, what does this mean? What does the day of Pentecost mean for us on this day? What does the power of the Holy Spirit remind us to do on this day? You know that the work of the Holy Spirit is at work because despite what obstacles may have been presented in our life, despite what the situation may look like right now, despite the fact that we may have to worship through our screens and despite the fact that we too may be worshiping from a house or in an upper room in our home, like the body believers on that day, the Holy Spirit comes to unify us as a body of believers and it comes with power so that we can declare the mighty works of God. Ah, the word of the Lord this morning is don't forget your power by the power of his spirit. Captives are set free by the power of his spirit. People are made whole by the power of his spirit. We can change a nation by the power of his spirit. We can change the narrative by the power of his spirit. We are given the ability to do things that we did not know that we could do. The writings of this account in the book of Acts is so that we do not uh, forget our power source. It records the sermon of Peter, where he reminded those who did not believe the prophecy of the prophet Joel that declared that in the last days, 
God said, I will pour out my spirit among my people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He, he stood up and preached among the 120. And now those who have come to see what the noise was in the upper room, the power of the Holy Spirit were not just for those who gathered on that day. For the Bible says that the promise is to you, your children and to those far away down throughout the generations that that includes includes me and you, those that have been called by the Lord, our God. Those that have given their life to Christ shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is when you accept Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit seals the covenant ah, between you and the father. And then it draws you to a body of believers and seals that commitment so that you can be among a valid faith body so that the Holy Spirit can dwell and act in its full power. What is the significance of Pentecost? It was the establishment of the church as we know it. For with that sermon that Peter preached on that day uh, for the beginning uh, of that church on that day, the Bible records that 3000 souls came asking, what must I do to be saved? They met, they prayed, they praised God. They enjoyed the goodwill of the people. And each time that they gathered, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are desiring to be saved. And since that time, the Holy Spirit has united and empowered many bodies of believers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to go and do likewise. What, what does go and do likewise? It means to tell of the wondrous works of God in languages that people understand so that bodies of believers can be added to our faith body, just like it was on that day of Pentecost. So St. Luke, the Lord is reminding us on that day, on this day that we cannot forget the power that was given to us. We cannot forget the mandate that was placed on us to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit, that we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that even when we do not know what to say, the Holy Spirit can give us the right words to say that we can declare just how good God is in our own language and in the language of others so that they may understand what, well, what does that mean? Pastor, that means that ministry is not one size fits all. That means when we see those that may wonder, what must I do to be saved? That by the power of the Holy spirit, we're able to speak in such a way that they understand what we are saying. We are the witnesses. Ah, but I, it, it should not come off 
as a foreign language that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can tell the wondrous works of God. That means sometimes ministry is going to come forth in suit and silk stockings. And, and sometimes it has to come forth in jeans and a T-shirt. It, it means that sometimes we have to preach to the high church and use utilize words that only seminarians would understand and translate the text in the Greek and the Hebrew. Or it may mean that sometimes we have to share the word of the Lord in a way in which a child may only understand so that they too can come to Christ. It, it means that we have to use the power of the Holy Spirit to help us and shape the ministry and so that we can also welcome new persons into the body of believers by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget your power. Don't forget your purpose. If it is that God is calling us to use the might and the power of the Holy Spirit to tell of his good works, then what have you done lately to make sure that someone knows how good God is and someone knows how good God has been in your life. Does your outside life match how you feel on the inside? Have you been able to share a witness on this Pentecost Sunday? Did you share this worship experience with someone who may not have been to church just like yourself, have you text someone and invited them to come and join with you to watch the broadcast? Have you told someone about how good God has been in this season of COVID where you have been home and still blessed? Oh, you don't feel like you have been blessed. Come on, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have breath in your lungs. By the power of the Holy Spirit, your family is still here. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are still gathering, whether it be through screen your phone through zoom through facebook through youtube as a connected body of believers and if anything our power has been that we have been able to remain committed in this season so on this pentecost sunday let us celebrate the power of the holy spirit that has brought us and drawn us together by his power. Don't forget your power. My God. Whew. I don't, I don't know about you, but God, I am so thankful for your Holy Spirit. When, when I don't have the words to say, when I don't know what words to pray, when I don't know what to say to my friend that is hurting, when I, when I can't see the people that I am ministering to, when I, when I don't know how to comfort my friend, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to continue to press on and continue to be a community that loves and supports our neighbor, even if they don't look like us, they don't talk like us, they don't know of this Jesus that we preach about. Listen, I, I wanna pause right here just to offer you the invitation to accept Jesus Christ on this day, this Sunday that we celebrate Pentecost. You heard me say uh, that when you give your life to Christ, that covenant is sealed by the Holy Spirit. 
doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have trouble after this. Come on, I have some witnesses in the comments that will tell you that the moment that they have given their life to Christ, they have, they have had some trouble, that they have experienced something that has probably rocked their faith too. But though they slay me, yet will I trust him. Though you experience turmoil and hard times, the Holy Spirit is here to comfort you. But it's only available to those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So here's what you have to do to accept the invitation. It's real simple. I want you to pray this prayer of affirmation with me. Won't you accept Christ right now? Come on and pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. Come into my heart right now. Clean me up, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Jesus, I believe that you came. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose and I believe that you are coming back again. Now, from this moment forward, whenever anyone asks me if I am saved, I'll be able to say without a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. If you prayed the prayer of salvation for the very first time this morning, I encourage you. Or maybe if you even renewed your covenant with Christ, I encourage you now to go ahead and let us know in the comments right where you are watching or perhaps send us an email at info at stlukegarland.org so that we can walk out this salvation walk with you. Or perhaps you're watching and you have decided that you want to join this body of believers, that you want to be a part, whether it's virtual or in person, we welcome you now to join our church. And you can do so by letting us know in the comments or you can send us an email as well to info at stlukegarland.org. Hey family, we pray that this word has encouraged and inspired you. And right where you are, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can listen to the word of God each and every single week. If you want to know more information about St. Luke Garland or if you want to sew, please visit our website at stlukegarland.org. We'll see you next week.